welcome to the People's Choice Award podcast, brought to you in partnership with Tier 1 People and Fintech Australia. The Finneys, Australia's largest and most prestigious Fintech awards are fast approaching, and we want you to be part of it. Sponsored by the Victorian government and major partners Vocus and SwiftX, the Finneys are a chance to celebrate the amazing people, incredible innovations, and remarkable resilience that the fintech industry is known for and built upon. Thank you to MasterCard for sponsoring and presenting the award for Emerging Fintech Organization of the Year at this year's Finneys. We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards. I'm joined by Travis Tyler, and he's Chief Product and Marketing Officer for 86400, and they're up for Emerging Fintech of the Year. Travis, great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Dexter. Thanks for uh, uh, giving us some time. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about 86400? Yeah, so 86400 is Australia's first smart bank. Where We've been in market now for about a year and a half. We've got over 100,000 customers. And the way we describe ourselves is it's it's the best place to you know, spend, save, own a home and, and ultimately build momentum with your money. So we've got about, about 120 people now. Um, and they've largely been with us for the start. And um, now we're moving into our next phase of growth. Fantastic. So there's a, a, a lot of, um, or we've seen you know, a few kind of new banks emerge. What would you say kind of has been the differentiator f- between 86400 and, and some of the others? Yeah, so, so for us, what, what's really worked for us, uh, firstly, we were started by our CIO. Um, and you know, if you want to be in financial services uh, in this day and age, you need to have deep understanding and capability in technology. Um, and, and we have the luxury of having our, our backer as Cusco, which meant that we could get really talented people uh, from the start. And um, you know, we've had you know, the core people that, that are with us today uh, are the ones that we started with three years ago. Um, from a business model perspective, we started building you know, deposits and lending at the same time. And I think COVID has has reminded us all of Banking 101 that um, build it and they will come <laughs> won't what isn't sustainable, um, particularly if you want to get capital. Uh, and then the uh, the last one would just be a a relentless focus on execution. Um, so they're sort of key things that, that have really served us well. And then you know having um, great people and culture. You know, culture eats execution for breakfast, not strategy. Yeah. Now I wanted I, I wanted to talk a bit more about the approach that eighty six four hundred has taken because, um, yeah, being so kind of embroiled not just in the fintech scene here in Australia but also overseas the US the UK and Asia, um, you know the the kind of you know the thing that always struck me when I could see the emergence of these neo banks not to be smart or, or clever was just that hey I, I can see there's going to be some headwinds here because. We just have a smaller market here, and it's you know the the big four banks are doing a pretty good job. Um, so the you know the model that we've seen work in South America with New Bank, or the model that we've seen work in the UK with say Monzo and Revolut, 
wasn't necessarily going to be the right model here in Oz. And the approach that you've taken is, you know, very different to those approaches. Can you talk us a little bit more through that and kind of how it's, you know, what the, the thinking was behind that and how it's actually evolved? Yeah, well, yeah, a good good way to 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 express it is capital raising, um, and and I had the joy of doing that for the first time, and and that is that is unforgiving. Yeah. Uh, but there were there were really two two investors. One which was show us when you're going to get to profitability and how you're going to do that, and then the other was just build as many customers as you can and then worry about profitability later. Um, Again, from the start, we chose to go to build a sustainable business and we knew we we never aim to be a niche bank. We've always planned to, um, yeah, we want to, to be a, a genuine player because that's how you're going to make genuine change in the industry. Uh, so having having a, a sustainable business model, number one, and then the other was making sure that we had you know, genuinely differentiated technology that was going to allow us to continue to build new experiences, but also what you expect from banking um, you know, to be better than anyone else. And look, we're, we're not there yet. We will never be there, and, and that's something that drives us. Uh, but that was you know, really important for us, the, the sustainability, but also making sure that we uh, built a sustainable business as well from both a, a technology uh, and a business model and architecture perspective as well. Now, one of the great, I guess, unintended consequences or could have been an intended consequence of that approach is the impact that you've had on the local fintech ecosystem as well. Do you want to kind of share with us a little bit about your your approach to to technology? Because it's had a you know we we've had other guests on the show that are I guess partners of of eighty six four hundred, and it's really created this cool ecosystem of Aussie tech and innovation. Yeah, so so we as I said, the benefit of uh, Brian Parker, who's our CIA, he's got thirty five years experience in tech and banking, and 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 the benefit of that has just is. Yeah, it's propelled us forward more so than, than most businesses globally in this space. Um, but we, we made choices of what we were going to be great at. And it was what we call our customer experience engine, which sits in between the experience and what you would call core banking systems. And I'm putting core banking systems be obviously your standard system of record or even Yodely, which we see as a core banking element for us. So we spent an enormous amount of time building what would differentiate us in terms of being able to scale at a low cost, being able to deliver better experiences, but also being able to move incredibly fast. So we deliver new features every fortnight and we've done that since we launched. Um, so you know, that, that technology element uh, was critical, uh, but we also, um, so that we decided what are we going to be great at, but then wanted to make sure that we partnered with um, others that delivered something that would complement what we do not duplicate, but also um, allow us to deliver great experience. And we, and we build our architecture so it is modular so we can swap things in and out. And we have done that since launch, whether it be our database uh, or um, how we're doing uh, biometrics. Uh, we also had a bias for independent and Australian fintech. So there's a, there's a variety of them that we work with, you know, OCR Labs, Sympology, Loanworks. And these are people that have been with us 
uh, since the start. And um, the beauty of that and, and with obviously um, the acquisition of, of NAB and the partner, partnership with Ubank that's, that's coming forward for us, you know, all those um, all those fintech partners are going to rise with us, which is awesome. Yeah. So you know, overnight they'll they'll get you know ten times the volume when we bring the Ubank customers onto our platform. So it's really it's great to sort of build something new that, that genuinely makes a difference to the customer of the industry, and then help um, those fintechs build their businesses as well, and then you know the whole industry becomes stronger as a result. Mm, absolutely. There, there was a little bit of I guess kind of negative um, media when the announcement with NAB was made. What, what's been your view of um, how the merger with NAB and New Bank is going to take 86400 to the next level and how is that actually going to benefit customers? Yeah, so, so we've, we've been very open in the media that uh, we, we will be taking on the U-Bank name, but all of the U-Bank customers will be moving on to the 86400 technology and experience and ways of working. Um, so from a customer perspective, you're not going to experience um, much difference in, in the early days, but what you will then experience is significant acceleration of product experience and service. So you know, as a result of the merger, we're bringing internet banking forward because we know that there is a, a desire and a need for, for a reasonable size co- cohort of customers. Now we're going to be able to you know, extend our call center hours um, you know, and then we'll be able to work on even more features faster because we're going to expand uh, the number of scrum teams that we have. So uh, it, it is really positive for our customers and the experience they're going to see. And what we continue to say when it is raised, because it's not popular because the, the big four, there's just uh, the, the tall poppy syndrome in Australia. Um, but the reality for us is our, our customers are going to get an even better service, a better experience and more features more quickly. And they're going to continue to get the same great rates and fees. So uh, we're really excited about the future. And we've asked our customers to judge us on what we do, not what we say, which is um, the way that we've acted from the start. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a small cohort that will choose to bank elsewhere and, and, and how we wish them the best. Yeah. Uh, but those that stick with us uh, will continue to experience what they've experienced for the last year and a half. Now, on the other side of the equation, you know, and, and it's, this is where it, you know, it's so challenging being in a startup, you've got investors that you've got to keep happy as well. Um, I'm pretty certain that the, uh, you know, your early investors, Cuskel, um, will be really happy with the outcome in in a fairly short period. Um, and this is, you know, I think a, another um, real success story for Aussie fintech that's perhaps been overlooked by the media is that at a time when, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, Zinja have to hand back a license and, and really struggle, that um, on the flip side, there's this great story of how Cuskel have built something, invested in it, and now they're going to get a successful exit for a very fickle investment market like um, or, you know, uh, Australia. I think this is also you know, really kind of you know, a, a story that kind of needs to get out there. But could you share with our listeners a little bit more about how that came about as well? Yeah, look, I think this is a, <laughs> over time. I'm hoping that, that this story is in MBAs of, of yeah, how man, to like, I was, create. I, I couldn't believe it, right? The the reaction. I was like, this is awesome. What, what yeah. how's it being made turned into a negative? Yeah. <laughs> 
there's a few different things you think about. You know, they've, they've been able to build, build, launch, run, and 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 um, sell a business in about three years, which and and create something that is genuinely different and hugely valuable. That one of the big four banks has decided to you know, augment that as their digital challenger rather than yeah. um, build it themselves. Um, so yeah, all of the core elements of our business have either been built by us or largely uh, are uh, Australian fintech or even those that they're, they're, even though they might be global, they're based here. And back to the, the Cuskill piece, you know, the, the foresight and the discipline they had to create it create us as a separate business, bring in, 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 you know, engineers and, and people with different backgrounds and, and, and really give us enough rope to, to, um, you know, build, build the business and grow it and run it. And, um, you know, I, I've only got positive things yeah. to say about my experience with Cuskill and obviously go forward. They're our, our payments processor and issuer, which they're, you know, the best at in the industry. So, um, yeah, it's, as I said, I, I hope to see it in, um, in MBA case studies going forward of, of how to launch an adjacent or grow and launch an adjacent business and exit. One of the other things that I think is kind of been key to um, the success has been the people that you got on board and you've, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what, what's been the approach to bringing on top talent? Yeah, there's a few. So in, in the early days, it was challenging because one, we were, uh, we weren't public. Uh, and so, you know, you're asking people with, and we did, we made sure we got people with, with deep experience. Um, we did actually also bring uh, a lot of new to um, industry people in that have grown with the business as well and, and grown amazingly. Uh, but one of the things, once you get your culture right and the um, and the employee experience right, that does tend to be organic in a sense that it, it, one, people look to join you and then secondly, from a, a recruitment perspective, which uh, we're recruiting in the past couple of months, the next few months, about 50 people on top of the sort of um, 90 we had about three months ago. Uh, and it, it has been a different experience this time Yeah, uh, for us. Uh, we do. And the, the other thing that's, um, that's really important for us is that we, we work hard on, on, on our team and our collaboration, the tools we use, you know, the, the slacks of the world, Confluence, Jira, you know, they're, they're not buzzwords. They are actually how you drive genuine collaboration across teams and across your whole enterprise. So we all use those tools. It's not just tech or not just design and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is uh, the, the benefit of joining an organization like 86400 is you acquire skills in a year of what you would take five years to, ex- to acquire elsewhere. And you also get the opportunity to uh, be very broad. So if I look at our design team, for instance, uh, that I work with, we all our designers are T's. So they might have a specialization in interaction design, but they still do research. They do UI, um, they do experience design. Uh, and, and that there's a couple of different things there. So for experienced people, they, they get an opportunity to actually be a bit broader and, and have more variety in role. And then uh, we brought a lot of uh, technology graduates on and they love coming to 86400 because they get to work across the full stack. So DevSecOps, uh, our core or the integration layer, and then the front end. And so across a year, they get to actually work in every part of the business from a technology perspective. 
and then then there they actually get to choose okay what did i like what did i love and it's very rare and particularly in australia and in banking that you would get an opportunity as someone coming straight from university to get exposure and what you're doing has a genuine impact on the customer and not not only that from and i'm coming biased because the talent perspective but the biggest challenge that we see from uh you know there isn't a talent shortage the talents out there what there is a lack of of people who've been given that type of experience or have been part of a business that's had to scale. And I think, you know, to see that you're actively going out there and giving graduates that opportunity, I mean, it's just fantastic for everybody else in the in the ecosystem, right? Because now what we're doing is we're growing a highly relevant, highly skilled talent pool. Yeah, it, it's really important. We've, we've made sure that we've, even as we've grown, we've kept really flat structures and, uh, it, it's important that you don't get too top heavy because the reality is in a business like this, and you'd be well aware, Dexter, that everyone needs to do regardless of who you are. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that's the other thing we, we do in terms of sort of attracting, developing and keeping talent. We, we are uh, religious around making sure that people know what the expectations are going to be up front and we're not for everyone. And if, if we do have challenges, we work with the individuals, but, but we make sure that we, you know, that you're, you're only this, you're only as good as your weakest link. Mm. And uh, you've got to make sure that as, as an, as an organization, that your organizational IQ is, is growing every month and with every hire. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but I think um, you and I caught up in the recording studio the day before Sydney went into lockdown. I do. In yes, March I do. 20, 2020. Um, and we were talking on that podcast about how you'd seamlessly just switch to remote working, you know, like flick of a switch. Um, how's it been navigating and growing the business whilst you've had everybody dispersed? Yeah. So, so we've had, there'd be three things to call out here. So firstly, we have a, a culture of high accountability and that's personal accountability and your accountability, to the outcome and to others. So you know, remote, w- whether you're in the office or, or elsewhere, pe- people still make sure they get the job done first. And, and so that gives you the foundation um, for having you know, a, a good remote working environment. The collaboration tools, I, I cannot, underestimate and we're having these conversations so we're moving uh when when our our eubank colleagues come come into the business uh, and we work with them now we're actually getting them on all the same tools um so that's slack confluence jura trello zoom and 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 they they are embedded in the way we work so therefore it, it, it lends itself to remote and being in different locations uh and then the other one was we we still see the benefit of, of face-to-face so we are we moved to a hybrid model in uh, i think it was about march once we we're uh, it was the government advice was you could go back in the office uh so we're doing yeah everyone's two to three days home and two to three days in the office uh, and we are seeing you, know, you, you do lose that uh those those moments of serendipity yeah. when you bump into someone or just sitting down sitting down with um our, our lead uh, web engineer yesterday and sort of talk through, look, these are some of the things we want to solve. You know, and, and I wouldn't have got that opportunity when we're working from home or, you know, it would have had to be a little bit more structured. Yeah. So it's some of that unstructured work and opportunistic that you miss. And then the other one is creative work, yeah. uh, creative work and not necessarily from a marketing perspective, but any kind of creativity or problem solving is more challenging when you're not face to face. Cool. Now, um, this is the People's Choice Award, and 
Um, you know, it's it's a pretty special one for me because listeners to the podcast, um, people in the fintech community, uh, customers get to vote on this one if they want to. And um, I guess this is your opportunity to put out there why people should vote for 86400 in this year's Emerging Fintech of the Year Award. Yeah, so you know, for, for, for 86400, the first thing I'd say is you know, what, what matters most and what are you most proud of is, is our advocacy. So you know, both app stores, we're 4.7 now and uh, our NPS is over 50 our customers are loving our brand and product and that means that we're doing what we set out to do which was help people with their money take control of their money and get more out of it um, from a business perspective uh, our mortgages are now bigger than our deposits uh, there's very few neobanks globally that have achieved that particularly in their first uh, year year and a half and then the, the, the third one for us is our, our people genuinely love uh, working at 86400 and um, you know the pride when something goes live or there's comment in the app store about the, something someone's done. I just love seeing that. And there's, there's genuine ownership pride right across the organization, whether you're in risk tech, marketing, product uh, design or, or the call center operations. Um, so you know, that, that was the things we're most proud of in terms of uh, you know, how we're making a difference. There's just two elements. I look at this. You know, we're, we're helping uh, you know, a large majority of Australians put 3000, dollars back in their pockets a year like at the end of the day money makes the world go around and, and it can help people have better lives so um, that, that's a big motivator for us at, at 86 400 and and then the other part that we're making a big difference is there's 25 plus fintechs that uh, have partnered taken a punt on 86 400 and they're now going to rise uh, even further with us with uh, the merger with eubank which we're really excited and, and so are they uh, and then the last one for us is, you know, what does the future hold? Um, so uh, we have an opportunity to get a million people to have $3,000 back in their pocket. And over the next three years, that's that's what myself and, and the rest of the team are really, really motivated on because that has a societal impact. What, $3 billion? <laughs> that's, yes. That's a, a big, big number, number, right? It's a big number and, um, and, and we'd love to do it because imagine yeah. the, the change that would make across yeah. uh, society and just, just people on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, Travis, I've got to say, right, doing these podcasts, it has blown me away how much impact now fintechs are having on the economy and actually having on society. I mean, we're talking about significant numbers now and, you know, we always kind of had this dream of we're making a difference and we're going to change the world. It's actually happening now. And it's it's all down to businesses like 86400 and all the other finalists. I mean, it's just such a strong field of competition. You know, and it's just testament to everybody that's in these finals. It's it's really, really gratifying to see. Yeah, great. And look, for, for, for everyone, you know, whoever the winners are, it is great. Congratulations. And um, to you know the Finneys, but also to yourself, Dexter, you, you make a really big difference to this ecosystem and give it a voice, which is is a huge and we, we love it. Thanks, mate. Well, good luck to you and everybody at 86400 in the finals. Um, and yeah, best of luck. And uh, yep, vote for a company that has numbers in it. We'd love you to. <laughs> Thank you to MasterCard for sponsoring and presenting the award for Emerging Fintech Organization of the Year at this year's Finneys. Thanks for your support in making the Finneys a reality. 
We look forward to seeing everyone on the 9th of June in Melbourne. And don't forget to make your vote in the People's Choice Awards.